seaport even from the seats in the upper decks you can see the seashore tailgate function with the cornea side of just walk from the tribal building for the padres i'm on it yeah because for the 619 we'll knock you down anything for the brown put it on the town started back rocking the brown ever since we've been knocking them down knocking them down baby says you want to go to the game go to the game taught her how to say padre gang What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 275 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. It is Wednesday, November 9th, second to last day of the GM meetings in Las Vegas. AJ Preller, this is his day to speak to the media. Uh, so I will get into his comments here and just some updates on what's going around in Padre land today. Uh, but the meat of this episode, I, I want to discuss Jorge Alfaro and Kevin AC's article yesterday about the Padres spending and what the payroll, what they kind of want the payroll to be at or how much room they have uh, and the situation with the catching position with Camposano and Alfaro. There was some interesting stuff that was said today uh, on the radio about Camposano and there was some stuff written yesterday uh, by Jorge Alfaro, or not by Jorge Alfaro, by Kevin Acey about Jorge Alfaro and what his future is going to be, or what he thinks the future is going to be uh, for Jorge Alfaro. I don't know if this is what he thinks, but he is saying Jorge Alfaro is not going to be a Padre. Like, he didn't say, I think this. He said it in his article, I don't think, or, or he said Alfaro is not going to be a Padre in 2023 not i think he just said I, he's not going to be one um so that was very very interesting and so i will get to that and what that means for the padres payroll wise and all that uh the hank aaron awards were just announced on nlb network rob manfred did those the al went to aaron judge obviously with the 62 home runs in the regular season he's probably going to win mvp uh the national league Hank Aaron Award, this is not the MVP. I see in the chat someone asked who's the NL MVP. That is awarded next Thursday, I believe. That's not this week. The Hank Aaron Award is for the best offensive player in each league. The National League was Paul Goldschmidt. As I said, the American League was Aaron Judge. National League, Paul Goldschmidt. That was expected. He had better offensive stats all around than Manny did. Manny was a finalist. For the Hank Aaron Award, they kind of do it weird. Like, they have eight finalists for it. It's not a top three or anything like that. There was eight. There was, like, Pete Alonzo, Austin Riley, Mookie. I think Freddie Freeman was on there. Arenado, Manny, Goldschmidt. There was a lot of guys on there. Uh, but Paul Goldschmidt takes that home. Not going to spend any more time on that. That, that was expected. Whatever. Um, let's get to A.J. Preller and his comments Scott Boris also spoke. We can hit on that, too. Uh, but starting with A.J. Preller, he was on San Diego Sports 760 today with Darren Smith. He also was on Glenn and Chris, but he didn't say anything of note uh, about anything. They asked him the regular questions about players, and he gave the non-answer. Uh, you know, we liked him, contributed to the team. We'll see what our options are. That's pretty much what he said. Uh, but with Darren... He, it was kind of the same thing, but this was the first time he was saying it, so it was news then. Um, Preller, when talking about Robert Suarez and Jerks and Profar, 
He said, quote, we see them as parts of our future, end quote, uh, which I don't think is a surprise for one of those guys, Robert Suarez. I think they will try to bring him back. Um, I think what AJ's saying here about Profar and Suarez being a part of the Padres' future is they have a plan if they come back of what they're going to do with the rest of the roster if those two guys come back. So, yeah, they do see them as parts of their future. But I'm sure he also has a thousand other plans of what might happen if Profar and Suarez don't come back. What are they going to pivot to? Which players are they going to pivot to? So I wouldn't take that too literally. Uh, we see them as parts of our future, Suarez and Profar. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that see their free agents as part of their future as well. Uh, they have a plan for that, but they also have other plans. Um, I still don't think Jerickson Profar comes back. Scott Boris t- today uh, on Jerickson Profar's market said, Profar, so good, instead of so far, so good. Profar, so good. Uh, Dor- Boris, he definitely brought it with the dad jokes, um, as he always does. So there's some audio on that, too, not involving a Padre, but involving, I think, Taiwan Walker. And I'll get to that, too. Um but yeah, just the Suarez Profar thing, just continuing that discussion here. I think, I, I don't think Suarez or Profar come back. Um, I think the Padres' top priority is Nick Martinez. And it looks like the Padres are just waiting from what Preller said today. The Padres are just waiting on what Nick's decision is going to be. They're open, obviously, uh, to having him back on the team. They're open for him having... Uh, they're open to having other conversations with him about a different contract structure. But Preller did say on the radio today that he did like the structure that they had with Martinez, uh, but he is willing to make a new deal. Uh, they want to bring back Nick Martinez. They realize how important he was uh, to the Padres last year. I think he's. I think they see, just like a lot of us, they see that Martinez is probably the likeliest guy to come back in terms of deals that could match up for both sides. For Profar, seems like it's like $15 million a year. I'm not giving $15 million a year to Jerks and Profar. I can go sign a left fielder or, or another corner outfielder for one, year's eight, uh, one year, $8 million or something like that. And you save a lot of money, and you can go, you can go use that money on other spots on the roster. This is not a team that has one hole and they have to fill that one hole. And once they do that, all right, we're good. They got to fill multiple. So you got to spend that money wisely. And Profar's not Juan Soto. Like I'm not going to be overpaying for Jerks and Profar. Um, and Suarez, I'm not going to overpay for him either. Like sure, Preller can see him as a part of the Padres future, but he has other plans. He has other plans if Suarez goes elsewhere. And I think he's, okay with Suarez going elsewhere. I mean, he doesn't overpay for relievers. I mean, Drew Pomerantz was the exception, and we've seen how that has worked out, right? I think he's learned his lesson. He's not going to overpay for them, and he's fine with letting Kirby Yates and Brad Hand and uh, Trevor Rosenthal, letting those guys go. He can go get a Luis Garcia. He can go get Robert Suarez. He got him last year. He can go do that again. I don't know if that person he gets this year is going to be as elite as Robert Suarez is, but there's other relievers that he that are out there, uh, and maybe they have more offense this year in their lineup. Hopefully, with Tatis coming back and 
other additions that they get this offseason to maybe compensate for that. Um, so that was Suarez and Profar. On Martinez, Preller said, quote, he wants to look at the possibility of being back here in San Diego, end quote. Again, that kind of a non-answer when I think Darren Smith was asking uh, Preller about just an update on Martinez. He has until tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, to decide on if he's going to take the player option or if he's going to decline it and become a free agent and look for a multi-year deal. I think he could get like three years from a team, three years, nine, 10 million a year. I think the Padres would actually consider that, to be honest. Based on the year that he had, the multiple roles that he can fill, he wants starter money. I mean, that's decent starter money. Um, it's not like they, they'd have to give him 20 million a year, right? I think that's reasonable. Um, so I think Martinez, I do believe he comes back to the Padres. That's just my gut. I don't think Suarez does. I don't think Profar does. In terms of Will Myers, uh, he said that, I think this one was on Gwen and Chris. He said pretty much they're just going to wait and see what the roster looks like, and then they'll get back to Will. That's not word for word, but that's what it, th- that was pretty much his viewpoint. Like, we'll see how the roster's constructed. Um, when they talk to him about the club option, they let him know, hey, this $20 million, this is not something that we want to do here. Um, but we are willing to look at something else and see how the roster is constructed. If you fit, then maybe we'll bring you back. That's what it feels like is the Padres' viewpoint on Will Myers right now. So there's that. He also spoke about Drew Pomerantz. I believe this was on Gwen and Chris as well. Uh, they expect him to be ready for the start of the season. That, that was pretty much the update there. Um, not a surprise there. I'm not going to bank on Drew Pomerantz to be like, this year's Robert Suarez, I know Suarez is a righty, but I'm not going to bank on Pomerantz to be this high leverage reliever and be healthy all year because he hasn't been able to show it with the Padres in this contract that he signed, right? So um, hopefully he can contribute and hopefully he can be healthy for a good amount of the year. But I don't think it would be smart for the Padres to be like, no, Pomerantz, it's all right, Suarez, you can walk. They can be fine with Suarez walking, but I don't think it's smart for them to say, okay, no, Suarez is going to walk because we have Drew Pomerantz here. That's not smart. You got to go get other relievers, obviously. Uh, Stammen's gone. Uh, he, was, he might retire. And then you have Pierce Johnson. He's going to probably garner some interest. Maybe they bring him back. Uh, but you're going to have to fill multiple holes in that bullpen. Maybe Chris Matt fills Stammen's hole, probably. But then there's still a couple more that they have to fill. So, uh, there's work to be done, obviously. First base, left field, maybe left field. I mean, I, I I like the possibility. I think it's an intriguing possibility of Soto being in left, Grisham being in center, and Tatis playing right when Tatis comes back. If they don't like those deals for Michael Conforto, if they don't want to give him $15 million a year or whatever, uh, they don't want to interact with Boris and play Boris's game, uh, and you know, Jock Peterson goes somewhere, maybe he gets multiple years and they don't want to give him multiple years, or Mitch Hanniger gets too pricey, then maybe they bring in someone like a Chad Pender for on a one-year deal, be starting outfielder to start, be a bench guy when Tatis comes back and have Tatis play the outfield. I don't know if that's their number one choice. I still think they want Tatis to play short, but 
Hassan Kim, if he starts off the season hot at the plate, you know the club's going to be there. They're going to have to think about that. Obviously, you know, first base, if they – I would think they go get someone at first base. They go get some power there. If they don't, it's going to be hard for me to consider this offseason a success. If they get power in left or first, I mean, that's what uh, – I think that helps make the offseason successful. Um, I don't know where I was going with that after that. But, yeah, I mean, it, pretty much right now we're – just to update everyone, right now – we are in wait and see. We are waiting for Nick Martinez and the player option decision. And tomorrow, I believe free agency starts, like actual free agency, where teams can start talking with players that weren't on their team to end the season. Uh, I think that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time. The player options, the club options have to be decided by then. Um, so, yeah, that's. I think the qualifying offers also have to be decided by them as well. Uh, Martinez is not going to be offered one pro far swore it. No one's going to be offered a qualifying offer on the Padres among their free agents. No one was worth, no one's worth over $19 million a year from their team. So yeah, that's pretty much the updates. I think Preller's speaking to the media. I know he went on the radio today, but I think he's speaking to the media later today. Maybe it's right now. I thought it was supposed to be at three o'clock, but I have not seen any quotes from AJ like speaking to reporters, like in a, in, you know, a media scrum or anything like that. So that's what we have right now. Let's get to the chat here real quick before I move on to Boris for a sec, and then we'll get into Kevin AC's article yesterday. Thank you so much for being here again. Talking Friars episode 275. I'm your host, Ben Fadden at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram, and I hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel for daily Padres content. Turn on that notification bell so you don't miss when any content goes out. Um, Justin says, I still don't get how Manny didn't get the MVP. That's, well, the MVP has not been given out yet. Um, that was the Hank Aaron Award today. That's to the best offensive player in both leagues. So the MVPs, I think, November 17th, next week, next Thursday, I want to say. So he could still win it. I think Greg asks here who you got NL MVP. I think Goldie wins, but my MVP is Manny. If you're looking at it from the most valuable player, I've already said this many, many times, the most valuable player is Manny Machado. Most outstanding player, most outstanding stats, you could say probably Goldie. But MVP, valuable it's Manny for me. Gil says, Super Chat, Roberto Ozuna. There was no Super Chat that came in, so if you were meaning to have a Super Chat, Gil, then try to resend that in. I'm sorry about that. Uh, again, that's another way to support the channel. Uh, I have not mentioned that today, so if you do want to support the channel here, you can use that Super Chat button and make sure that I get to your question or comment. I will through there. Uh, but Gil says Roberto Ozuna got signed by a Japanese team after his success in the Mexican league posted an ERA under one. Well, if that's the case, then the Padres wouldn't, they're not going to bring him in if he already went to a Japanese team. Lakeum asked, do you think we'll look to our farm system with Baez, Jose Castillo and Ryan Weathers being options for our bullpen? Yes. I think, Michelle Baez could be. I think Jose Castillo can be options. 
Ryan Weathers is interesting. I feel like they still want him to be a starter, at least to start next season, because you always need starting pitching, and having starting pitching depth really helps. But with Baez and Castillo, yeah, I think there'll be options for the bullpen. I think Morahone, I, mean, I guess it depends on how many starters they get. If they get enough starters, then, yeah, maybe they have Morahone just be a bullpen guy. But they probably want to stretch Morahone out, so maybe multiple innings. But again, it depends on roster construction and what happens there. Uh, Gil says Alec Jacob, Moses Lugo, and Jay Groom, the most viable relievers in the minors. I think, I mean, Jay Groom's a starter, so he could be a five starter. He could compete for a five starter spot, depending on who they bring in this offseason in spring training. Um, but right now he's a starter. So I don't think they'd try to have him be a reliever right now. I think they'd at least stash him in AAA if he's not a starter on the opening day roster. I hope he's not. I mean, it's nothing against Jay Groom. I just haven't really seen him. And I want our four and five starters to be guys that we can rely upon to give innings and quality starts and uh, guys we've heard of because this team's trying to contend. They're going to try to contend for the division next year. Um, I know the division is not everything, as we saw this year with the Dodgers winning 111 games and then they lose to the Padres, right? Who won 89 games in the regular season. But your team's goal in the regular season is to win the division. It guarantees you your spot in the postseason. So they're trying to contend. They need reliable arms. I, I would I want better four or five starters than Jake Groom, you know, or Adrian Marhone if they even would give him a chance. Um, all right, so let's go to Scott Boris here again. I still have not seen anything about Preller speaking to the media. I thought he was spoke, su- supposed to speak to them at 3 o'clock, but I guess not. Um, so Scott Boris was speaking at the GM meetings today, and it's he'll do this at the winter meetings probably too in San Diego here. Uh, I'll be at those, by the way, so hopefully I get some good content for you guys there. Um, at the GM meetings, at the winter meetings, he stands in front of reporters. It's a big, big group of reporters. He's obviously the big super agent, and he um, he's the agent for a lot of the big-time free agents. I know Xander Bogarts is one this year for Padres, uh, Profar. And Soto, Soto's not a free agent, but obviously ex- the extension rumor stuff is of interest. Uh, but he's a, he was asked about Profar today, um, about his market, and he said Profar, so good, instead of so far, so good. He likes to make himself the big center of attention and give his thoughts on the state of the game and rules and what he thinks. And I think fans... I think we just laugh at Boris sometimes, to be honest, about, you know, this the dad jokes that he does. There was plenty of them today. Uh, one, I, have, I can actually play the audio of one of them. Let me load it up here. It was from SNY. That's where the video was from. He was talking about Taiwan Walker. And uh, let me see. I forget what the dad joke was, but obviously I'll have the audio so I can play it. Hopefully my phone loads. Uh, But just some, there there was some stuff about the market being um, not vegan, something like that. Like the market not being vegan and pretty much like teams are, pretty much what he's saying is teams are willing to be aggressive 
spend money, which has been a little bit opposite of what has happened in past years, if that makes sense. Um, let me try to see this audio. SNY's posted a good amount of stuff here, so. Oh, here's one about Aaron Judge. So here's an example of his dad jokes about Aaron Judge. Uh, he says, I would not be the judge of that about Aaron Judge signing early in free agency. See Aaron Judge possibly signing earlier than other guys, maybe setting the market. I would not be the judge of that. Hopefully you guys can hear that. But just the little dad jokes like that. Um, here's here's what he said about Taiwan Walker. Um, he too, like Rodon, he's, he's one of the few players that's under 30. And um, and he's had a, a hundred multiple hundred and fifty inning pitch seasons. So essentially, Taiwan is on an island. And I think the only question is is who is willing Taipei? <laughs> Taiwan, Taipei, like the dad joke stuff, and the media is just sitting there. It's like a comedy session for them. I mean, there is literally no point in what in that media session, whatever Boris says, really. I mean, some fans might take, like some fans were looking, were like paying attention to what he was going to say about Juan Soto. And he said I about the Soto talks, he was like, I don't think it's a question of if the Padres do like engage in those talks. Uh, a matter of, it's more of a matter of how they go about it. Like, who cares? Who cares what he says about that? Like, we know the Padres are going to try to, you know, start those talks, those Soto extension talks. But if I had to put money on it, I would say that a Soto extension does not happen this offseason. It's not going to. Um, I don't even think a Soto extension will happen next offseason, to be honest. Like, unless Seidler gives them $500 million, they want to go to free agency. Um, Soto likes the Padres. Boris was mentioning this about acclimating to the city it was pretty easy and he likes the team winning and being in contention but whatever Boris says like I don't really care what he says right now um he's if they ask about one of his clients he even if the market isn't good which how does he really know what the market is I guess he could talk to GMs and stuff but the GMs cannot talk to players yet from other teams so how does he truly know but um even if he does know Let's say it's not good. What is he going to say? Oh, pro far, not so good. Like so far, the market's not so good for pro far. No, regardless of what the market is, he's going to say it's a good market uh, because he wants to increase other teams interest in his client. So the, the whole Boris conference stuff, the press conference stuff or the media scrum, it's it's just him. Uh, out there promoting his clients and making a bunch of dad jokes. It's just a waste of time, to be honest. Uh, so that was Boris. Now, I wanted to move to Kevin AC. This was kind of like my big topic for today. Not like Kevin AC himself. Um, 
what he wrote yesterday in the San Diego Union Tribune. And it was just an article kind of previewing the Padres offseason and how much room they have in the payroll and what their needs are and what their biggest priorities are. We know what the needs are. We know what the priorities are. Uh, he did say the Padres, quote, the Padres are said both internally and by others around the league to be seeking starting pitching above all else, end quote. That's not a surprise. They need a four starter. They need a five starter. We saw the importance of having a deep pitching staff in the postseason, even in the rotation. And that hurt the Padres in the NLCS with having to throw Manaya and Clevenger, right? Um, so they know, or we know, that the Padres want Nick Martinez back. They're going to prioritize pitching. That makes sense. And then next, it's probably a power bat. Uh, Preller mentioned that on the radio today with Darren Smith. So that was not surprising. Um, what what I wanted to talk about here was like the catching situation mainly. Um, AC said Padres have about $25 million to spend this offseason. And he was talking about fan graphs and how high the payroll is. Uh, and so this is what he said. And then it led into Jorge Alfaro, like in the middle of the article. He didn't come out and say it. It was just middle of the article. And I saw it and was like, hmm, that hasn't been said before. So he says, uh, quote, Fangraphs pegs the Padres 2023 payroll at approximately $192 million, which is 2020, excuse me, which is $22 million below last season's final mark. However, that number includes a projected $3.6 million for catcher Jorge Alfaro, who won't be a Padre in 2023. That's an interesting nugget. He's he's not saying, I think Alfaro is not going to be a Padre. He's literally going out there and stating the Padres payroll, how much room Padres have, and saying, however, the number, the $192 million uh, on their payroll right now, $22 million below last season's final mark, that includes Jorge Alfaro's salary, uh, who won't be a Padre in 2023. Just going right out there and saying Alfaro will not be a Padre in 2023. That, that's news to me. Um, he wrote earlier this se- or this past season in a newsletter about Alfaro and the front office. Like, the front office has kind of fallen out of love for Jorge Alfaro, and I understood why. Like, you know, it's going towards the end of the season. Campy had some encouraging outings. Um, you know, going into the postseason – you're trusting Nola. Like, you're not going to put Alfaro back there. I understand that. The pitchers trust Nola the most. Nola's the guy that's going to be out there. Um, he fallen out of, front office had fallen out of love with Alfaro. And so it was like, okay, well, maybe they'll trade him. Uh, or I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. It was something to watch for. We had not heard yet, like, definitively like this written in an article, Alfaro's not going to be a Padre in 2023. That's what AC said. Um, so, look, AC's not Preller. Preller could change his mind on that. The front office could change should, could change their mind, but Preller's not going to comment on it. And so, all we have to, all we can go off of, is Kevin AC and his sources and what he's saying, because he's a reporter. He's closer to the team, and he knows sources that we don't know. So, that's he knows sources inside the organization. Uh, that we don't know, so we that's all we can really go off of, right? Uh, but that was interesting, an interesting tidbit there. And so 
once you're like, okay, so Alfaro's not going to be here. That takes $3 million off. So, okay, they have about $25 million to spend this offseason. I don't know if that's true, but that's what Kevin Acey is saying, that the Padres want to spend pretty much the same amount of money that they did last year, which was over the luxury tax. So if you, you're wondering that, I think they they will go over it. Um, but pretty much the same amount of money as this past season. And so $25 million, if you're removing Alfaro's salary, because according to him, he's not going to be on the team. Now, will he be traded? Don't know. Uh, what teams fit? I'll get into that. Uh, but by the way, the non-tender deadline, so November 18th, that's the deadline to non-tender players. So don't give contracts to players. So maybe if they don't find a trade for Alfaro, they will non-tender him November 18th. Uh, and I believe then he becomes a free agent, right? They could just release him too or DFA him, but uh, maybe November 18th is a date to watch out for there. Um, but talking about fits, because if he's not going to be a Padre, you think it's Nola starting, can't be backup? Okay. Um, by the way, Marty Caswell on Darren, on Darren Smith's show, she's in Las Vegas right now for those GM meetings. She, according to what she had heard when she got to Las Vegas last night, she doesn't think that Campy has a long-term future with the Padres in 2023, or not in 2023, but a long-term future with the Padres. So if Alfaro's not going to be on the team, Campy doesn't have a long-term future, then you got to go get a catcher elsewhere, right? The guy that immediately pops to mind for me is Sean Murphy from the Oakland A's. He's going to make, or he's projected to make around $3.3 million for 2023. That's not a lot. Although that's the, that's the same money that Alfaro is pretty much going to make, right? About $3 million. Uh, $3.6 million for Alfaro, $3.3 for Murphy. It's about the same. Padres would have Murphy for three years of control, so through 2025. And he's a upgrade. He, he would be the starting catcher, probably over Nola um, most games if they got him. So you look at that, right? If Campy, not a long-term future, they can trade him somewhere to like Oakland and he can start there. You have that team would have Campy under control for what, six years? Because I don't think he's, or would it be five? Maybe five? They'd have him under control. They'd have him cheap, under control. And I'm sure there are teams out there that do believe in Luis Camposano. Um, so that's something to look out for. But in terms of fits for Jorge Alfaro, uh, I think the Tigers are up there. Uh, J.P. Morosi reported yesterday the Tigers are looking at the catching market as the offseason begins. Uh, they're interested in Wilson Contreras. That's one name. I don't think Contreras is in play for the Padres. Uh, they need to spend that money on the starting pitching, a big bat, not playing catcher. I'm fine with Nola being the nine hitter or the eight hitter on opening day. Um, the pitchers are comfortable with him. Like, I'm fine with that. They need to go spend that money elsewhere. I don't, so I don't think Contreras is coming here. Uh, but Detroit could be a team if they don't get Contreras. St. Louis has to replace Yadier Molina. So if Contreras goes uh, to Detroit or Chicago, back to Chicago, St. Louis could be a spot. Could be a spot for Campy or Alfaro or both. I don't know. Uh, just throwing stuff out there. The Cubs, if Contreras has to be replaced, maybe Camposano there or Alfaro there. So 
I guess these could be fits for both. Milwaukee has Victor Caratini. I was looking at their depth chart the other night, and I think Victor Caratini is the only catcher on it. So maybe there is an option. Um, Milwaukee is a team that doesn't like paying high salaries very much. Oakland's a team that doesn't like paying high salaries very much. Um, like you, I think they would think about Luis Camposano. If the Padres don't think that Campy has a long-term future here, I think they got to consider that. Uh, Alfaro, maybe he becomes a backup catcher with another contender like St. Louis or something like that. Um, I don't think he'd be a fit for like the Tigers or the Cubs teams that don't seem like they're going to contend because why would they bring him in for like one year? And I think he's a free agent after this next season. So I don't, I don't think that would be a fit. Uh, but I mean, if you can get like Sean Murphy back from the A's for $3 million and he'd be the starting catcher, I see here I see here in the chat, Gil says the A's have Tyler Soderstrom and Langlers as catchers for the future. Um, so, okay, maybe Campy is an option there. Maybe he's not uh, a great fit there. But maybe they have Alfaro go back to Oakland um, and have one of their young catchers be the starter and Alfaro uh, maybe be a little bit of a mentor. Or uh, and He's not like 40. I'm not saying that he's he can't play but be like the backup catcher there, or he can DH a little bit. Um, maybe just to even the salaries in a trade. I don't know. Um, so Campy, maybe not for Oakland, but I mean, Sean Murphy, if the A's, like they had a terrible season last year, they're not going to win this year. And they're not, they're not close to contending. They're going to be moving to Vegas at some point, you know? So um, you'd think that, they trade away Sean Murphy. Like I know there at some point you got to build around people, but do you want to be building around Sean Murphy as your guy? Like he's not a big name, right? I appreciate him. I know who he is. I know he's a really good player, but I don't think that that's a guy uh, that, a, that the Oakland A's would, or future Las Vegas A's probably. I don't think that's a guy that they try to, you know, be building around. Um, Sorry, I'm just checking Twitter here again. Twitter here again, real quick. Yeah, I don't see anything. Still hasn't talked to the media. Um, so where was I? I mean, so this whole catching situation—it's just—it's interesting. I mean, Nola's the starting catcher, but what's going to happen with Campy and Alfaro? Is Campy going to be on the roster come spring training? Is Alfaro going to be on the roster? Like, is AC correct here saying that Alfaro won't be a Padre in 2023? I don't know. I know AC said last year or this past season before the trade deadline that Hosmer had been told that he's not going to get traded. Uh, maybe it was Seidler that told Hosmer that he wasn't going to be traded. I forget who it was, but he was told by someone that he wasn't going to be traded, and he ended up being traded. He was traded twice to the Nationals. He denied it. He declined it and then trade to the Red Sox. So I'm not saying that whatever AC says is 100% correct. It's not. But this is all we can go off right now. We know we're not going to get anything from Preller, and this is an interesting report. This is the first time I heard definitively anyone say, not as an opinion, writing it in an article, Alfaro's not going to be back for 2023. 
It's almost like he wrote it as like, oh, Fangraphs made a mistake and Alfaro's a free agent and he's not going to be on the Padres. You know, like he, he, he stated it like matter of fact, Jorge Alfaro, who won't be a Padre in 23. So we'll see. Um, some, I mean, we went over the fits for the catchers. St. Louis replacing Yachty, Chicago if they have to replace Contreras, Milwaukee maybe. Oakland seems maybe that's more Alfaro. They do have some young catchers there. Or maybe they want Campy to change positions. I, I don't know. Um, but there, there's, there are teams out there that are looking for catchers. I know the Blue Jays, I saw a report today that the Blue Jays also have an excess of catchers. So they are looking to deal. There, there's been interest in some of those catchers as well. I like Sean Murphy. I mean, bring him here. If if you get rid of Alfaro and Campy, I mean, having Sean Murphy and Austin Nola as a catcher combination, sign me up. Pitchers are already comfortable with Nola, and Sean Murphy's one of the best catchers in baseball. Making $3 million, if they're only... Look, the whole $25 million thing that AC wrote about yesterday... I don't really believe that too much either. I mean, that's hard to imagine that the Padres have, they spend 25 million. That's it this off season. If Nick Martinez is going to cost, let's say he costs nine, 10 million a year. Let's say 10 million a year. If you want to upgrade at first base, that's going to cost how much? If you want a Brayu or Rizzo, like 16 million a year. So now you're at over 25 with those two players. Uh, let's say, let's be nice and say Martinez team friendly. It's like, uh, 8 million. And then you want to go get a first baseman. Let, or let's say, cause AC, or he did talk about platooning first base left field platoon a little bit. So let's talk about, let's say they bring in Jock Peterson one year, 7 million and Martinez was 8 million. So Let's say eight plus seven, so 15. Now you have $10 million to fill out the bullpen, probably another bench bat. So maybe you bring in Drury for one year or a couple years, $6 million a year. So now that's down to like $4 million a room for relievers. So Suarez, you're not bringing him back. Uh, and like Garcia last year, they brought him in for like $7 million a year. So I, I don't see if you're, like going based just on free agency, I, I don't see how you can spend $25 million only in free agency um, to fill this team. But there are trade candidates. If you want to, like, he's going to trades for players, I guarantee you. He will make trades this offseason, or at least a trade, um, for a cheap player to help them with this offseason spending and the room that they have that Peter Seidler's given them. Um, again, AC, he put 25 million out there. We don't know if that's like actually true, but that's what we have to go off of. of it. That's what we're going off of his sources. Um, so, I mean, he'll make some trades and I did write down some names, some position players, some free agents or not free agents, position players, some pitchers that would make sense, uh, as low salary guys. And then you can go bring in maybe a Jose Abreu. I, I don't think Rizzo's going to happen, but maybe an Anthony Rizzo. Um, or you can go bring back Martinez, and maybe you bring back Profar. Uh, and then you can supplement 
you know, the other areas with lower salaries. And that's how you could get to the 25 million or around there um, and not be spending way over it. Some names, uh, if you're curious, I mean, Justin Dunn, Cincinnati Reds. Look, these names, I don't know how familiar you guys are with these names. I don't know if these teams are even willing to give these guys up. But I tried to pick names that teams might be, be willing to give up. Um, you know, like there were some lower salary guys. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone specific that I was looking up last night. Like uh, Corbin Burns is a low salary, but like Adam Savali, I think he's pretty low salary. Like I didn't include him. The Indian or the Guardians, they're not going to give him up, right? They, like they're trying to win. They're not going to give him up, you wouldn't think. Uh, but like Justin Dunn of the Cincinnati Reds, he has a nine, he, or this past year, I think he had a 923,000 salary, uh, three years of control. You have Trevor Rogers with the Marlins. He's a pre-arbitration player. Four years, the Padres would have a control of him. And control is an important thing as well. Remember, because Darvish doesn't have an extension. Snell does not have an extension. So Musgrove's the only locked-in starting rotation guy right now past 2023. Snell and Darvish are free agents at the end of 2023. Hopefully an extension can get done with Darvish, but that's not at the top of their priority list, I don't think, right now. They got to fill out the roster for this year. They're trying to win right now. Uh, so that's their priority. So having control is definitely, it probably is going to make a trade. I would think it's for someone under control with a cheap salary. So Trevor Rogers, Justin Dunn, Reed Detmers of the Angels. Uh, he had a $710,000 salary in 2022. He has five years of control. James Caprillian of the A's, he had a $705,000 salary in 2022. He has four years of control, including 2023. So those are some pitchers. Adrian Hauser for Milwaukee, he'll probably generate some trade interest. He's making $3.7 million in 2023, so not ridiculously expensive there. Be four five starter. Uh, maybe that makes sense. I know trades might be harder to do because you gave up all of your top prospect except Jackson Merrill and Campy. All of that, but Campy's not even really considered a prospect probably now. But you gave up all your top guys, young prospects, in that Soto deal, really. So um, you're dealing, do you want to give up Merrill? Do you want to give up Campy? Uh, those are questions that are going to be asked, right? Uh, Kevin Copps, I know he's a reliever in their system. He's been on the show before. So, um, obviously, a lot of discussions are going to be happening with the front office. Uh, so, those are some starting pitcher names. Hauser, two years of control, by the way. Again, $3.7 million salary for this coming season. I think that's what he's ex expected to make around that. Uh, position players, look at first base. Guy that can also play the outfield, Seth Brown of the Oakland A's. He's making... 705,000 in 2022, or he made that in 2022. Four years of control that they would have of him. I think he hit like 25 home runs this year. That was either him or Sean Murphy. I forget. Pat, Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs, he's kind of a utility guy. He played mostly third base this year, but he can play first. Um, he made 730,000 in 2022. He has four years of control. There's Chad Pinder. I already talked about him a little bit earlier outfielder, maybe left field. Bob Melvin used to manage him, obviously. Um, he's projected $2.7 a little over that, 
in 2023 and one year of control. I don't, is that a trade? I think that's a trade. I think uh, for some reason, I feel like I saw Dennis Lynn talk about him already. Maybe that was as a trade. I think he's, I think he's not a free agent. I think he's with the A's still, uh, but that's an option. Sean Murphy, as we talked about 3.3 million projected for 2023. He has three years of control. If the A's want Campy or if they want Alfaro and flip him to someone, I don't know, just throwing out ideas there, maybe that's an option. But really, really interesting stuff that Kevin A.C. wrote about yesterday in the San Diego Union-Tribune. He's probably going to have something out later today about what A.J. Preller said, if A.J. even talks in the media. He was supposed to today. Um, We'll see. But yeah, I mean, the Fangraphs thing about the the payroll being 192 million, 2020, 22 million below last season's final mark, but that includes also Alfaro's salary, which he's not going to be a Padre in 2023. That's what AC said. "Quote: However, that number includes a projected 3.6 million for catcher Jorge Alfaro, who won't be a Padre in 23." That's what he said. Interesting. So. Um, there, there's definitely some interest in catchers on either that's the trade market or free agent market, but we will, uh, we'll have to see, we'll have to wait and see how the market develops and all that tomorrow. It it should be a interesting day. All of the final decisions have to be made about player options and club options. So we've been waiting on Nick Martinez. That decision will be made between now and tomorrow, I believe, at 2 p.m. So we'll see about that. Um, AC also said in the article there are numerous people who believe Preller will bring back Profar. Uh, We know that Preller likes Profar. He brought him in. He gave him what I thought, to be honest, I thought was probably an overpay, $7 million a year, three years for Profar. Uh, But it paid off this year, which is good. And it ended up being the right decision, at least last season, if we're only looking at 2022. He made the right decision to stick with Profar and, um, you know, not go get uh, a big power bat. If he went and splurged on Castellanos or something, maybe it would have worked. Uh, But the decision that he went with, it ended up working, at least in left field. Profar played really, really well. Um, I think Preller will try to bring him back. He loves Profar, but I don't think that it would be smart for Preller to uh, overpay for him. I don't think it will. It would be smart for Preller to go all in on Robert Suarez either. Um, and I think Nick Martinez is that one guy that the Padres can come to terms with, and like it'll be um, in the Padres. Like budget, like I'm not saying Profar isn't in their budget, but it seems like Profar wants 15 million a year. I'm not giving that to him if I'm AJ Preller or if I'm Peter Seidler. And I'm not going to, you know, be contending with Robert Suarez's suitors when those suitors are probably going to want Suarez to be the closer. Padres have Josh Hader for 2023. I know that they could lock down Suarez and because they know they're not bringing Hader back because look at what Edwin Diaz signed for. Five years, a hundred plus million dollars. Huh. They're not. They're not bringing back Hater after this coming season because yeah, he's a free agent after 2023. So, if they want to bring back Suarez and have a closer for years and years and years, 
okay. But I, I still trust the Padres' ability, A.J. Preller's ability to bring in lesser salary guys, if that makes sense. Because he's had a history of doing that recently, and he's had success doing that. Uh, but Nick Martinez, I mean, I think the Padres would be willing to give him just replace the old contract, so give him three years. Uh, instead of it being like $6 million a year, whatever it was, give him $9 million a year, something like that. I think that's fair. Give him the pay raise that he wants, give him the starting spot that he wants, and there you go. So those are my thoughts on the player option, guys. You know, a couple have declined already, and we're just waiting on Martinez. Myers, I think he is a backup, backup, backup option for the Padres. Uh, Brandon Drury, I think they'd probably rather have him than Josh Bell based on money. He'll be cheaper than Bell. I don't see the Padres bringing back Josh Bell. I think the Padres are going to go for Rizzo and Abreu to start, and you'll probably see some rumors about that. I probably think that Rizzo wants to go back to the Yankees, though, and Abreu you would think he goes back to the White Sox, but you never know. Um, I, I do think at first you could probably see uh, a platoon. Like they bring in Jock Peterson and Brandon Drury comes back, something like that. And someone could play left uh, a little bit. Maybe they bring back Myers. He can play the outfield too. Uh, and you have that opportunity to have Tatis go play the outfield if you want when he comes back. So I don't know if it's really the end of the world. If they don't bring back Profar, they don't go sign, you know, Conforter or someone like that. I want Mitch Hanniger, uh, but I do admit that I'm not going to overpay for Mitch Hanniger. Like one year, I don't know, 12 million. Is that too much? He did have a really good year in 2021. He did battle with injuries this season, but I, I like Hanniger. I like Abreu, bring back Nick Martinez, and then obviously some other additions. I think that would be a really solid offseason uh, off for the Padres. That would probably mean, though, that they spend more than $25 million. Um, so there's going to have to be some creativity if the $25 million is the number. If that's the actual number and AC's right, then, yeah, there's going to have to be some trades, some real uh, creativity from the Padres, I think. Still nothing from A.J. Preller. That was supposed to be 3 o'clock when he was going to speak to the media. Um, maybe it was 6 Eastern, but it's in Vegas. That's specific time, so I don't know. All right, let's get to the suit or not the super chat. There, there are not any super chats. Um, if you do want to have a super chat and make sure I get to it, then feel free to send that in. Uh, Gil says, Jose Quintana, one-year deal to replace Manaya. Maybe. I mean, there's a lot of starting pitching options out there. Uh, maybe I'll do a separate episode about the starting pitching options, but there's plenty. There's plenty of names out there that you could throw out um, that might be one-year deals. Um, maybe Andrew Heaney, Jamison Tyone. Maybe the Yankees actually give him the qualifying offer, so he might accept that. Uh or Tyone maybe gets a multi-year deal. There's there's a lot of different names, like Jose Quintana. So I could say yes. I would say yes to that if that's, like, I guess, 
the option. Gil says, Jose Abreu and Manuel Margot. I guess this is, are you just throwing out names? Like who you want to bring in? Uh, Abreu, obviously, yeah, I'm good with. Margot, aren't you? We've already seen that, haven't we? I mean, Margot, I guess he's gotten better with Tampa. He's with Tampa still, right? Um, but isn't that another Trent Grisham? We already have Grish on the roster. So I'd say no to Marco, but yeah, yes to Abreu. Yeah, I'd love to have Abreu on the Padres. Justin says, not Padres related, but Trey wants Philly. Trey Turner wants to go to Philly. I mean, yeah, I did hear reports that he wanted to be on the East Coast, so that's not a surprise. It doesn't seem like the Dodgers like want to go all in on Trey Turner. He's probably the most expensive guy, and they do have expensive contracts already. Uh, going there, obviously, a lot of them. They're also paying an expensive contract, I think, still. Or maybe they're not. I don't know. But they they gave an expensive contract to a guy named Trevor Bauer who did some really bad things. So they're dealing with some stuff in L.A. Um, but, yeah, about Trey Turner, yeah, that's a competitor probably for the Padres. Like, to make the postseason this coming season, we saw what the Phillies did, obviously, this year, you know, going to the World Series and, winning a couple games. Um, but I'm fine with that. He's not in the division. And that you think that makes the Dodgers worse, right? I mean, they could get Swanson, Correa, uh, Bogart. He's another one that's out there. Like there, there's other options that they can go to. Uh, but Trey Turner is the best shortstop on the market. So if they don't get Trey Turner, then yeah, you think that they're worse. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Jack says, dude, I really hope Alfaro stays. He's my favorite, and I got his jersey this year. He was a lot of fans' favorites. LFGSD, I mean, I made a highlight, quick highlight video on the on this YouTube channel. It's on the social media channels, at Talking Friars, if you want to go watch that. Just of the walk-offs and some other highlights this year from him. He uh, was a fan favorite. Yeah, the LFGSD stuff. I hope he got a portion of all of the revenue that came from the LFGSD shirts and stuff that were being sold because he obviously started it. Um, but if you're looking at Alfaro from a baseball perspective, for me, I totally understand him not being a Padre in 2023. Like he struck out a lot there. You have a younger catcher in Luis Camposano that is playing winter ball right now. looks like he's playing pretty well. And he is working hard to improve. Um, and Musgrove's had some good things to say about Campy. Like, if there's a time, like, to see what Campy's got, it's now, right? I'm not saying Campy's going to be the starting catcher. I don't think he will. At least right now, it's Nola. But at some point, you got to give Campy consistent time in the big leagues on the roster, and. Let him catch those day those day games after a night game when Nola's not catching and see what happens. Give him significant playing time in spring training. Uh, Alfaro, I think he's under contract for just 2023. So they got to see what Campy is. Um, or they want to get rid of Alfaro and Campy, like I kind of discussed earlier, and go get a guy like Sean Murphy from the A's uh, and really upgrade their catching position because of the bigger bases, maybe that increases stolen bases a little bit, the limited pickoff moves, the, the pitch uh, the pitch timer, the pitch clock. We have some Padre players that are slow to the plate, or Padre pitchers, obviously. 
So you need to limit that run game, I think, more efficiently next year. Uh, Nola was not throwing a lot of guys out. So if they want to go get someone who's better at that, then maybe that's what they'll do it. Or maybe that's what they'll do. Sorry, if I could speak proper English. Gil says Padres also have a catcher by the last name Sullivan. Yeah, Brett Sullivan, I think, is his name. 28-year-old. Yeah, I, I don't think that the Padres are thinking that he's going to be on the roster for a lot of time next year, or maybe at all. Um, he's just a classic minor league, stash him in the minor leagues guy, probably, just to fill minor league roster spots. Gabe asks, when's Ma uh, Pomerantz coming back? Um, he's Preller said that he's supposed to be good for the beginning of the season. Gill says, Edwin Diaz was the most hated man in New York two years ago. This year, he turns into Mariano Rivera and gets $100 million. Yeah, 2021, he, I don't think he had that good of a year. And I think he got booed. Then this year comes, and he's like the 20, was that 2019 Edwin Diaz or 2018 when he led the American League in saves uh, with Seattle before that trade to New York when Brody Van Wagenen was still the GM of the Mets? That turned out great for them. Uh, not. Um, yeah, I mean, with closers and relievers, like teams that are desperate to have a closer, they will overpay. So that's what I'm saying here with this Robert Suarez thing. Like, there's going to be a team out there that will give Suarez like 45, maybe even $50 million. Those, I think there's going to be a team out there that'll give him three years, $15 million a year and say, hey, you're our closer. You're our high leverage guy. We're giving the keys to the bullpen to you. All the big situations, here you go. Come sign with us. The Padres, they're not going to do that. Um, so I, I see Suarez going elsewhere. But a relie relievers, that's why I don't like giving relievers a bunch of money. I mean, they're good one, they're great one year, and then the next year, they're not. It's hard to predict, really. Um, I mean, just thank goodness that Hater turned it around this year with the Padres there at the end, and that was dominant in the postseason. Because in uh, the regular season there, when we first got him, this is not the Josh Hader we traded for. Like, that was us, right? Relievers are like that. So, no, I'm not going to give $20 million a year to a reliever. I'm not going to give $15 million a year to Suarez. I love him. Uh, I thought he was great for the Padres this year. He was one of the MVPs for the Padres in the postseason. But I'm not going to be overpaying for any relievers. Uh, Daniel says Bob article about Boris came out like Nightingale. I can check that real quick. Oh yeah, I see that. Maybe there's more quotes in here about Boris. Oh, there was a hundred media members there. Wow. They all wanted to hear Boris's dad jokes, huh? All right. Boris spoke, who spoke for 45 minutes Wednesday, talked about everything from the amateur draft to interest in his clients, while dropping plenty of metaphors for comic relief. Uh, called Carlos Correa the Dior of defense, the Louis V of leadership. It's probably Manny, but all right. Prada of the season. It's a one-stop shop for a championship designer. Well, is it? I mean, Jeremy Pena, rookie for the Astros, 
went and won a World Series in his first year, won ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, and where was Carlos Correa? He was sitting doing the analyst job next to Ernie Johnson on the desk, watching Jeremy Pena play in the postseason games. So I don't know. But again, this is Boris just hyping up his clients. Uh, Ty, we had kind of already touched on this one on Taiwan Walker, who's a starter. He's probably going to get three, four years. Um, Taiwan is one of the few players in their 30, and he's had multiple 150 inning pitch seasons. So essentially, Taiwan is on an island. The only question is who is willing to tie pay? Ha ha ha. Uh, on Brandon Nimmo, he said there are a lot of teams in the waters of free agency. Whoever picks our, oh, I get it. Whoever picks our guy will be the lucky one in finding Nemo instead of finding Nemo. Whoever picks our guy, P-I-X-A-R, Pixar, the company. So he's being clever. I don't know if this is him who lays in bed at 3 a.m. thinking of these or if he has a staff who thinks of these. But, yeah, plenty of dad jokes. Um Xander Bogart says his uncle Humphrey left him a message in his memoirs. There's going to be a lot of teams looking at you, kid. Don't understand that one. Uh, also on Bogarts, this is the first time teams have had the opportunity to sign the X-Man. They're finding it a marvelous opportunity, Marvel. Uh, it kind of X marks the spot on the map of the treasures of Sierra Madre. All right. On Carlos Rodon, the thinking team chose him. He sculpted a masterpiece. And then on this year's free agent class, I kind of touched on this about the carnivore stuff. The free agent market is very much a carnivore's market. The menu features filet mignon and wagyu and less hamburger and vegan. So he's, I didn't really know what he was saying here. I tweeted on uh, my Talking Friars Twitter account. I was like, wait, what does this even mean? But I, I think what he means here is a carnivore's market, like the owners, they're going to buy. They are buying. Um, they're willing to spend money. They're not going to be going to, you know, in and out and stuff like that. Like they're, I love in and out Love it. So no in and out shaming here. No, no um, in and out slander here. But that's what he's saying. Um, on Sean Manaya. Really? Boar said, man. I uh, need a pitcher like that. Manaya, man, I, uh, man, these, these jokes. All right. Um, I don't think the Padres need a pitcher like that. They don't need someone giving up a bunch of runs in the NLCS. They need a better guy. Um, so don't think that landed too well. On Matthew Boyd, it's simply unavoidable that I need a pitcher like that. Okay. Did they ask him about every single client that he has? Because Nightingale just went through this article on pretty much like 20 players here. Uh, Jerks and Profar. Profar, so good. Instead of so far, so good. Uh, Josh Bell. This one's easy. He just has all the bells and whistles. Okay. Michael Conforto uh, on him. It's the return of the mic. He's the hit of free agency. Really? Don't I don't really hear many people talking about Michael Conforto, but there he is propping up his clients. 
So, okay, so Nightingale says Boris was looking down sometimes, several times to his sheets of notes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how can you keep that all in your brain? All of those Nemo stuff, Finding Nemo and the bells and whistles and Profar, pro, Profar so good and uh, the X-Man and Marvel. Holy cow. Lots of jokes there. Um, here's more. Here's the quote about Soto. I don't think it's a question of if they'll do that, Boris said. I think the question is how they do that. I'm sure before they traded for him, they had a lot of that in mind. So, yeah, I mean, that's nothing to really talk too much about. Like the Padres, Preller said at the end of season presser, they're going to talk with Boris and Soto about it, kind of take the temperature. But I, I don't think they expect a deal to get done this offseason either. There probably won't be a deal done unless like $500 million or something like that is offered or something way better than the Nationals' $440 million offer. Unless something, you know, blows Boris and Soto out of the water, then I think he's going to free agency. Boris said about Soto, the great thing is he had time to acclimate himself there. It's not exactly a difficult market to adjust to. I think he enjoyed his time there and has certainly enjoyed the competitiveness of the team being in the playoffs. Again, not a whole lot to elaborate on there. He wants to win. The Padres are a place to win right now. They're, they're a contending team. So that's that's all good there. Um, I'm just scrolling through this article here. I guess this was just put out. Thank you, who was it, Daniel, for pointing out this article here so we could see all of the great quotes from Scott Boris today. All right, so yeah, that's the article. Uh, let me check Twitter again and see if there's anything from Padres Media. Yeah, no, nothing. Still don't see anything. All right, so if Preller talks to the media today, which I he's supposed to, if he talks to the media later today in like a, a scrum, then I will... Definitely bring that news to you. Check the at Talking Friar social media channels for that. Uh, Twitter, definitely. That's where I'm most active. And that's where I'm posting everything. All right. Let's finish with the chat here unless any other Padre news comes up. Been on here for over an hour. I appreciate you guys being here with me. 24KT says, Nola Grisham Profar got to go. Well, Profar is a free agent. And Nola, I think he's staying. The question marks for me more are about Campy and Alfaro, based on the last couple days and what information has come out. And Grisham, like he's the center fielder right now. Um, And depending on moves that are made, I mean, is Tatis going to be playing center field over Grisham? I, I don't know. Like if they go get Profar, then maybe. You have Soto and right. You have Tatis in center. I could see that going with your best lineup. But if they have, um, let's say, Tatis, Soto, Grisham as an outfield, you're putting Tatis in center over Grisham? I don't think so. I think you're putting Tatis in right, and you're having Grisham play the position that he's most comfortable with, you know? Dylan's asked, um, what do you think about the people wanting to trade away Kim for a possible left fielder or starting pitcher? I don't think that's smart. Um, Tatis, he's not a guarantee to be healthy. So 
just trading away Kim and you're not getting back another middle infielder, I, I just don't think that makes sense. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, Swanson and Turner and Bogarts and Correa out there, but those are big contract guys. You're not giving a big contract to those guys um, when Tatis could play shortstop if you trade Kim. Like, I don't think they're trading Kim. I don't even think they're thinking about that. They need a starting shortstop. He just won a gold glove, or he didn't, sorry. I thought he should have. He was a finalist for a gold glove. Grisham won the gold glove. Finalist for a gold glove. He was great filling in for Tatis this past season. They need a starting shortstop at least to start the season. With Tatis out for at least 20 games with the suspension. And he might have played his way into being the starting shortstop over for over Fernando. So, no, I don't. I think you're, trading away Kim, you make the team worse. If you get a starting pitcher, okay, I can understand. Um, if you get a left fielder, I can understand why you might want to do that. But like Kim was a still a huge piece of this team. Uh, Jonathan asked about Contreras. I I said this earlier. I don't think that's going to happen. The Padres need to fill other holes right now. And that's obviously starting pitching, bullpen, outfield. They have Nola as the catcher. They have three catchers on the roster right now. So that's not their concern right now. I don't think Contreras is. Uh, okay, so Nick Martinez. Some... I don't know if it's news. I haven't even read the tweet, but here we go. Dennis Lynn just tweeted this, says the Padres and Nick Martinez have discussed the possibility of restructuring Martinez's contract. It would be relatively surprising if he doesn't end up staying, whether before or after tomorrow's opt-out deadline, but his playoff performance did not hurt his potential market. All right. So I don't know if that's news. Like if Martinez left, I would be surprised as well. But yeah, just tweeted this at 4.45 a couple minutes ago that Padres and Nick Martinez have discussed possibility of restructuring the contract. It would be surprising if he doesn't end up staying. So yeah, I agree. I'd be surprised if uh, Martinez leaves too. All right, that's a good piece of news to... uh, Leave you guys with here, episode 275, Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show, brought to you by Gaglion Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionbros.com is the website, main location on Friars Road. Great cheesesteaks, fries, a lot of good stuff there. I recommend those guys out to you. If you have not tried already, you're missing out. They're also located uh, inside Snapdragon Stadium and inside Petco Park when events are held there, so you can check them out there as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. A lot of Padres stuff to discuss today. Covered a lot. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. It's going to be a news day with all the player club options, qualifying offer decisions, the official start of free agency tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Thank you so much. Ben Fadden signing off. Have a great night, everybody. Go Pods. See ya.